You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's called Inception. Hello and welcome to a fan critical podcast. This is a, a very special fan critical podcast. Um, Sounds like a public service <laughs> announcement. To be honest with you, go on. <laughs> He's in the hot seat. It's his time to shine. Here he is. Brought to you by the British government. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is a is a very special uh, fan critical podcast because it's a patreon commissioned podcast Ooh, and lovely patreons um we're going to be discussing today inception one of the greatest films of oh, all time don't say that yet because i don't like it really no i love it okay oh yeah good no playing with I'll, their emotions i will give you a chance to to discuss your thoughts on the film that is coming up um so as you can probably tell len is here with me your host gaz Hello, Len. Hello. And also over in Old Blighty, as some people call it. Yep, blustery old Blighty. Hello, everyone. I am well. It's very windy here. We've got another storm, third in third in three weeks. Excellent. What's this one called? Mavis Jorge? or something? <laughs> Sorry? Excuse me? <laughs> don't know. I don't know what this one's called. Leave it with me. I'll come back to you later. All right. So today, as I said, we're uh, this is a a commissioned podcast from one of our dear Patreons, uh, Michael Causey. And Michael has got in touch with us to say, hey, gang, could you please cover Inception? And we said, um, yes, of definitely. Course. We can definitely do Inception. Yeah, that's that's probably the best suggestion for a commissioned podcast. It's up there as one of the best ones. We love being had. told what yeah. to do. Um, and when you're going to say do Inception, it's like someone's yeah. gifted you something yeah well it's like someone has you know gone into our infiltrated our dreams um and planted an idea (laughs) to do this as a podcast in a way i was gonna suggest that that's what we did to michael causey we accepted him that's the thing that's just like inception yeah there's so many layers to this yeah that you know we don't really who knows which layer we're in so this is a podcast within a podcast within a podcast yeah so Within a Patreon. Should I bottle this edit inside another commission podcast? Oh, my God. That would be confusing. I won't, just because, you know, for, like, advertising purposes and all that, it just doesn't make any sense. But we should have done that. No. All right, so here's what we're going to do today. Um, We're going to... I'm going to give you both a chance to discuss your overall thoughts of the movie. Yeah. Um, Give it a blueberry rating. Yeah. Of course. Um and then we'll we'll do a we'll do a very brief plot overview because I figure if people are listening to this, they've seen and we don't need to go through blow look, by blow. I spoke no. to someone the um, other day who's never seen Inception. I was like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah, and well, it's not actually in a way because 
imagine that they get to watch it for the first time and experience what it was like to watch it for the first time. Well, I'm glad Jealous you bring that up because our, our first our first stop today on this uh, this podcast is going to be what were your first experiences with Inception. Um, but uh, but we will come to that in a moment because I think we should maybe just kick off things with explaining how Michael Corsi has come to be in this position where we've incepted Power. him to yeah. give us the order to do an Inception <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, Len, if anyone else wanted to do what Michael has done, mm. what can they do? Mm. Well, we have this thing um, called Patreon. Uh, and all you have to do is go to www.patreon.com forward slash fan critical. And on there, there are several tiers. Um, basically, if you give us some money every month, uh, you get something back and mm. for the most basic of tiers you get access to our community discord channel which we've just set up uh, and to any patreons out there who haven't uh, done that yet please go onto the patreon homepage and sign up to the community discord channel uh, you can all chat on there about um, episodes of, of shows that we're covering that have finished and obviously there's a few days before we release a podcast so you can all go on there and interact with each other and we're trying to build a mini community with the patreon uh, but the most important tier, or one of them, is... Uh, is <laughs> They're all important. They're all important. But the one that is actually very interesting is um, for a certain amount of month, you can become a is it senior blueberry and um, you get the option to commission a podcast. And one, once a month, you can tell us a specific film that you want us to cover. We mainly do films or, you know, like a, a short documentary, mm-hmm. basically. Um a series, it depends on if we've all seen it. If we've all seen yeah. it, then yeah. Otherwise, the time scale to watch like a 10-episode season is insane. So there are many films. Um, and it's a great opportunity to get us to talk about something that you want us to talk about because we get emails all the time of people going, are you going to cover this? Have you seen this film? You know, And I have to be honest with them and say, look, to be honest with you, we don't have the time because mm. this isn't our full-time job, obviously. Uh, it's more of a passion uh, and we all have other jobs around it. So we have to be very selective about what we cover. But obviously, if there's a little financial incentive, um, then we do we can gather around and talk about things. You know, there has to be a little bit of a trade off there. So uh, you can tell us anything that you want to uh, any film that you want us to cover. We will cover. Uh, and this is a perfect opportunity to do so. So patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Uh, this is one of another. We've got another podcast coming up so they're, they're coming in thick and fast Gareth mm. people love the Patreon they're signing up they're getting involved it's good be there get there now yeah, be while there it's, it's cool. still like yeah, it's really cool. cool before everyone's doing it yeah. and then you can be like yeah well I was doing this before it was cool you don't want to so. be you know just now if you're in queue at the Apple store to get the latest iPhone mm. people were doing that like seven years ago mate <laughs> you wanted to be one of the first ones you know I remember when you ordered your iPod Mm. Your first it's an iPod, iPod shuffle delivered from America, <laughs> and they sent it to me. This is funny. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I passed my exam. This is fifteen. And my parents years, were like, years ago. My parents were like, "I oh, will get you a present." And I heard about this thing called the iPod, and in the UK it hadn't been released yet, and in America it was still f- in its fledgling career. And uh, I ordered it. It took weeks to arrive. Mm. Um, obviously, you can imagine it's quite difficult getting it shipped from California <laughs> to the UK. Uh, and I wanted to have it engraved with like... I thought you'd personalise it. I would personalise it with my own name on it or whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, it, was, it was. It said, congratulations, Len, or something. Yeah, congratulations. Like, congratulations, Alex, or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, I like congratulating myself in iPod form, <laughs> apparently. And then uh, it turned up with um, an inscription which I think said, to my sweet Lou. <laughs> no, Loopy Lou. Loopy Lou. To my sweet Loopy, Loopy Lou. Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to fucking send it back. <laughs> Uh, about it was mental it took another like two months to get it Um, but then I was the coolest kid in school so heartbreaking yeah I'm gonna call you Lou (laughs) alright just call me Lou Lou. now on that's it that's your name now what I what I think we'll start with um, today is uh, our traditional blueberry rating system Um, Emma I'm gonna ask you to explain that in Mm -hmm. a moment and after you've explained that why don't you why don't you tell us all your your experiences with Inception when did you first see it what were your initial thoughts How's it aged, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Um, let us know. Tell, tell us what you think of Inception. But first of all, explain the blueberry system for anybody that might not be familiar. Just 
Just so anyone who doesn't know the Blueberry system, welcome. Welcome to Fan Critical. Uh, the Blueberry system is very simple and it works like thus. It is on a scale of zero to five. Zero is the worst, five is the best, and there can be no halves. It is harsh but fair. Uh, so sometimes we will find that challenging, uh, but over the last number of years we've gotten used to it. Ah, my experience of Inception. So I first saw Inception at the cinema when it came out um, in Leicester Square, actually. Um, and I mm-hmm. was blown away. Not only has it got an absolutely stellar cast of very handsome young men, uh, it's also an incredibly clever film. Uh, it was very interesting. It was very different at the time. It was something kind of... We weren't seeing anything probably quite so complex, I don't think, or I hadn't, certainly. Um, I <laughs> I walked out the cinema and for about a week was going, I just don't understand. Was it a dream or was it the other dream or was it a dream within a dream within a dream? And I thought I was having a bit of a mental breakdown. Um, and then I kind of came to my own conclusions over the course of about a year afterwards. So I just rewatched it this week. So we're talking, God, how many years since it came out? 10. Is it really 10, ten years? years? So a decade later. A decade. Uh, it is. It stands the test of time spectacularly. It is a brilliant film. Tom Hardy is adorable. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is fantastic as ever. And yet I still finished it and went, I don't know if it's a dream or not a dream or a dream within a dream, mm. which I think... We're going to talk about that great. ending in more detail later. Um, and perhaps we'll explore that idea, Emma. Um, Would you like my blueberries? How many blueberries do you give it? I think I can guess, but how many? Oh, I mean, it's got to be a five, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Full mm. marks, five okay. bloobs from yeah. me. Well. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Emma. Uh, Len, why don't you share your mm. your experiences, mm. numerous as they may be, they with are, Inception? They are numerous. I've seen the film many a time. How many um, times did you tell me? You I said a hundred yesterday, uh, but then that's I realised that's, that's ridiculous. It's it It honestly is about 20, though. And it is, well, that's gone up. You said fifteen in the yeah, end. Yeah, I thought about it. Hype man. And I Did you watch one. it five times? I, quite, I counted the one when we, I caught the end of it. Review. <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, uh, so I'm a big Christopher Nolan fanboy. Mm. Uh, one of my favourite films ever, uh, and the film of his that I prefer to this is The Prestige, mm, um, which I absolutely adore. That film. I've, I've also seen that a ridiculous amount of times. It's just such a special film. He's such a special filmmaker the way that he structures his movies to have just narrative through lines that all interweave with each other and then come to a head at the end. You know, mm-hmm. I, I even love Interstellar. I love, I just love the way he makes films basically. Um, and it, I remember seeing this in the cinema uh, and it just, it just, just completely rocked my cinematic brain to the point where it's the most excited and nervous I've felt in a cinema for a very long time. And mm. I, I still remember that feeling coming out of the cinema and just feel this thing that he made me feel by watching this film and that ending and chilling in a way and then I went travelling with Gareth um, so I saw it in the cinema yep. and I went travelling with Gareth we went around South America he was in so he didn't get to see the film initially like it was like oh, straight away like on opening I think day China, like, when in China yeah. Yeah. and we met up in South America and I was like dude you, we have to go see this film so we were in <laughs> Lima we were in Peru like yeah. the capital of Peru and we had like a day off and we were exhausted uh, and we just went to see this film and it was weird because it had little subtitles on it and stuff and yeah. it was just a weird vibe like going to the cinema in Peru like you know, that's fine if you're from Peru but it's just a different experience Inception. for us yeah and uh, I remember you just being like fucking hell that is mental and that's just the way the film is mm. like it, it is it's so layered like I said that it, you know and we'll talk about plot holes in a bit later on and there are a few but um, just as a, it's a roller coaster ride. It is non-stop. The music is non-stop. The the action is non-stop, and it all is consequential to what's going on mm. at the same time. And I love that. Um, and I love the acting. I love the cast. I think I think Leo's fantastic. As you said, Tom Hardy as Eames is brilliant. He's a bit of like not comic relief, but he you know he's the British guy. Totty. You know he's in there. Don't the- be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Yeah, I love that. I mean. It's so, so good, good, um, and uh, you know even Michael Caine's in there again. It's a typical mm. Christopher Nolan film. I mean, you look at the cast; it's so Christopher Nolan. It's a bit of uh, JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, you know oh, yeah. he's con- he's the what I call the just consistent performer who's just there. I mean, he's not he's the straight man. Yeah, in, he's in the straight. The, yeah. yeah, he's the straight man. He's not doing anything crazy. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, the, to, to this day, I watch the film and it gives me chills mm. uh, in terms of visual effects, uh, in terms of soundtrack, in terms of just ambition of what they're trying to achieve. And I thought it was an insult uh, the year this was released that it didn't get nominated for an Oscar, mm. to be honest with you, just just because of some of the... And it, this is the problem the Oscars had for a very long time. And I still think they have it, is that uh, blockbusters Correct. do not get nominated. Yeah. Uh, and just because this is a blockbuster doesn't mean that it, it shouldn't be nominated. It is so intelligent and its scope and ambition is so big, it should have been nominated. Uh, and I feel for Christopher Nolan that it took Dunkirk to get him nominated for an Oscar, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, mm. So unless the prestige might have snuck in there. But I'm not sure if it did. But if it did, I apologise. But if not, uh, shame on you, the Academy. And I love uh, Inception, Five Blue Rose. Yay! Excellent. All right. Um, that was a ramble, wasn't it? It was a ramble. And you managed to cover off my first experience with Inception <laughs> as well. So. Yeah, because it was, it, you know, this is cool. That is that is time-saving uh, stuff there, Gareth. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you about my first experiences oh, with God, Inception. So, 2010, <laughs> I was travelling. <laughs> so, yeah, I did, I did miss it when it first oh. came out um, in the cinema. And uh, I had to wait until I was in in Peru to watch it yeah. um, Paddington Bear that, that is a deepest darkest Peru yep very good um, is he from Peru yeah he's, is he? yeah, he's from Peru yeah, what Paddington the Bear. fuck he comes yeah. to why I'm sorry guys mean why he comes all the way from Peru he travels well, I mean, over uh, from uh, Peru is, to come and live in London as an orphan why does he love bear? marmalade Cause what, he, why does he love marmalade he comes to England and he like falls in love with British culture yeah. okay I've never seen a Peruvian person wear a blue coat and a red hat well you have because you've seen Paddington Bear yeah Nobberto Solano. Secondly, he's, not, he's not a person. He's not well, a person. You know, that's harsh, he's a bear. Old Nobby, well, Nobby Solano used to wear that. Stop so. talking soccer or football, Gareth. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, Gareth. Yeah. Continue um, to repeat Len's story about the first right. time you saw Inception. I'm just blown away by Paddington Bear. I'm sorry, <laughs> that, that's the biggest revelation of the podcast. So far. So, um, yeah, as, as Len said, my first, first experience was in Peru. We actually, I don't know if you remember this, Len, we went and saw it uh, another we went and saw it twice more whilst in Lima. In Peru? You saw it <laughs> we like, right, three times. Sack off this Inca trail stuff. Let's not worry about Machu Picchu and go into Bolivia. Let's let's focus instead on watching <laughs> as much Inception as we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think that, I think overall my cinema count, because I do go to cinema multiple times, and I'm sure lots of our listeners do, to see films that you're really passionate about. I think I saw it four times in yeah. the cinema. Yeah. Um, Three so, of them in Peru. Yeah, that just goes to show how much we love. That's them. insane, guys. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Um, it is a heart racing movie. It is a blockbuster. You're absolutely mm. right. It's a blockbuster action movie, which, um, on paper, it doesn't sound like an Academy sort of movie, and and so it proved. But the the difference is, it, it is a it's a blockbuster, but it's so intelligent. It is so smart, and it it has. I always think it like it, it has high expectations. Of its audience, Inception. Mm. It 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 wants. It just goes right. Look, I know this situation is kind of complex, um, but we're not going to hold your hand the <laughs> whole way through it. I do agree with you, but I just want to stop for one second. Did you just say, put your hand up to stop? So ex- no, I didn't actually. But I should have. It's so exposition heavy. Like there are. I'll, type- get, I'll get to exposition yeah. because <laughs> they have they have a beautiful exposition vessel. Yeah, in Ellen Page, yeah, and yeah. It, but I think it's used this very well. Yeah, I think it's, I think she's I just used love very it. well. Yeah, but you just get to a certain point in a movie, she goes, "Wait a minute, no, it's not over. If we go down another level and do this thing, and then resuscitate <laughs> him at the exact moment in time." Well, she has to explain that to someone. Them. Has to explain it. It's a very sense. complicated <sighs> anyway. film. <laughs> it is complicated, and yet, yeah, and and still, you have people going into that film and coming out and going, "Huh." Yeah, hi. <laughs> and so, you know, it's it, yes, it can be expositionary at times, but it's needed. Um, I actually, I put this up there as one of my very favourite films of all time. Mm. I um, often, if, if if you're having that chat with somebody and they say, oh, what's, what's your favourite movie? This is often the answer that I give. It does change. You know, that favorite, always changes. I think, I think it's fluid, your favourite yeah, movies. I mean, change. Jurassic Park is better. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, it's, um, it's interesting. So I think it's... Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> but I think it's a lot of people's favourite films. But um, going back to that point that you make about like people coming out confused, I think it's actually an incredibly talented um, 
writer and producer and and uh, to be able to put together something that doesn't leave you baffled because it doesn't make sense but leaves you baffled because it is so intricately yeah. detailed and, and complex that it mm. makes you it leaves you wondering yeah. which i just think is fantastic it makes you think yeah yes and that yeah that, that was the criticism of uh so christopher nolan writes with jonathan nolan his yeah. brother and Jono. and they were criticised, not not criticised, but they were like, oh, can they do anything original? Because a lot of the stuff they'd done had been mm-hmm. adapted. Uh, and this was one of their first original forays or, you know, into just making their own story. And everyone was just like, oh, so you can make incredible stories then. <laughs> I think after the, after the success of The Dark Knight, um, Nolan was given a bit of free reign. And he oh, had this yeah. idea in his head whether it had been incepted there or not oh. is another matter. But he had this idea that Michael he Corsi's wanted... Michael Nolan, <laughs> yeah. all that time ago. Exactly. That has then incepted us. Maybe we oh incepted God. Michael to <laughs> incept Nolan to incept us. All right, stop it now. Um, are we dreaming? Is there time travel involved in this as well? Or? <laughs> um, he had this idea in his head and he, he, he had wanted to make this movie for a long time. And the um, studios went, do you know what? You've got free reign. Do what you want. And he made Inception. And the world is a better place because of it. Mm. Um, incredible movie. Incredible ending that I want to come to and, and dedicate some time specifically to shortly. Um, before we move on, let's have a little advert break. Mm-hmm. Hello everyone, very short advert break today, just to say to you, if you are enjoying this podcast and want to commission your own podcast, like I said earlier, go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical and join one of the tiers that allows you to do so. Um, Or just join it in general and uh, join the Discord community, get some free cast it's where we recast famous films with different actors, 10 minute podcasts they are, and they're quite funny and uh, good to do. 10 minute podcasts they are. (laughs) Yes. Channel my inner Yoda or my baby Yoda. Um, Also to say, there are some things happening here at Fan Critical. Uh, The Outsider, which has been actually a very good show on HBO, is coming to a close in two weeks' time. If you haven't seen The Outsider, go check it out uh, and then check out our podcast. It's on the Fan Critical channel and the Castle Rock Critical channels. But the Westworld is back soon, in two weeks. And uh, that is a crazy show. If you like Inception for all of its um, machinations and different things going on and the way it plays with time, I can tell you something right now. You'll enjoy Westworld. And do you know why, Gareth? Because Jonathan Nolan is the executive producer, the showrunner of that show. So he is hmm. the it's the Nolan way of telling stories. And that is why we fell in love with season one. Season two fell off the rails a little bit. But season three is looking like everything you want it to be. Blade Runner meets Westworld, meets stuff like Inception. Beautiful. Um, and that is going to be fantastic. That's well, I'm our, sold. Yeah, yeah. March 15th. Uh, and if you want to listen to that, you can listen to our podcast on the Fan Critical channel. But I implore everyone now who is a listener of ours, could you do us a massive favour? Could you go over to our own separate channel that we have for Westworld called The Hosts of Westworld? The Hosts of Westworld. You'll see the little fan critical icons on there. Um, and subscribe to that channel. That would mean a lot to us. If you could also do us another massive favour, and if you enjoyed our coverage or you want to go check out that coverage of Westworld, could you please leave us a review on the iTunes store for that podcast? Uh it's uh, one of our first podcasts that we started. We're picking it back up again and we just need to give it that little boost and we want to push everyone to listen to the content on that channel if possible. So if you could do that, that would be amazing. Um, and Gareth's putting his finger up at me and saying, oh, something else. One more thing. Yeah. Um, if any of you listening to this are fans of video games. Oh, yeah. We have a, a little... <laughs> yep, that's what video games sound <laughs> like. Very good. Emma has no idea. Look at that. Finish him. Ooh. Sorry, I'm just thinking of game things. That's excellent. Um, it's a me, a Mario. Mario. All right, um, that's enough. But <laughs> I do have... That was Yoshi, but it was terrible. <laughs> what was that? That is what a was that? Just Yoshi's shit. I got oh, God, I thought that was Wario. Uh, Wario's like, me. I'm a gonna win. Eat okay. I go, eat I right, go, stop. eat I go. Stop. If you do like this chat that's happening right now, <laughs> head over to our little brother podcast because yeah. um, it is it's Gareth's brother <laughs> my, my like, brother's 
Every mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan needs a Jonathan Nolan, and every <laughs> Gareth Evans has a Simon Evans. <laughs> He's very much the Jonathan Nolan to my yeah. to my Christopher. But yeah. um, go and check out Story Mode, um, a video game podcast by Fan Critical. Yeah, um, they are welcomed into the fold and in, under the umbrella of Fan Network, Critical. You might yeah. say. Um, so Come Simon, Jesse, shade. and Keelan, go and have a, a listen to them talking about video games. Yep. That is uh, up your alley. Similar sort of characters to us, um, and we will be featuring on some of their podcasts from time to time because me and Gareth uh, love video games. Yep. So um, when we get some downtime, we will be featuring on some of those. But yeah, go check them out. Story Mode, a video game podcast available on iTunes and Spotify. And now let's jump into uh, our thoughts on Inception. A brief plot overview of Inception. Good luck. That's know, right? How are you going to do this? I don't know. Um, so. You should have done Wikipedia like I always do. I should have read, should have read Wikipedia. Uh, Dom, Dominic Cobb is a... Uh, Cobby. He's, a, he's an extractor. Uh, his job is to, uh, is to go into people's dreams and take out valuable secrets. Mm. Um, basically, he's involved in corporate espionage. He's a mind spy. Yeah. Yeah. A mind thief. Yes. Indeed. Um, now, he is um, a highly skilled extractor as well. But he also appears to have a deep, dark secret and is on the run from the US government, effectively. Yeah. Why? Well, you know, there's multiple reasons. When you're a mind thief that goes around destabilising governments and shit, um, you, you will make some enemies he also has uh you know uh, a wife gareth um who i don't know if it's not spoiler we're, we're going full spoilers we are going uh, full spoilers. she basically kills herself and uh he is associated with her murder and he's ridden with guilt because uh basically the film is called inception correct <laughs> very good yes and, i'm glad uh, he gets hired so this we're jumping around everywhere but he gets hired to um incept an idea into a rival businessman's um, brain to destabilise his con- uh, monopoly on the energy industry, essentially. Mm. That is why he's hired, uh, and he believes that Inception can be done. However, most people who are mind thieves believe that Inception cannot be done. It's mm. the idea that you plant the idea in someone's mind so that they believe it's their own, and then that is the only way the idea will stick. Yeah. Now, um you touched upon Don being associated with his wife's death. Effectively, the American government think that he killed her. Yeah, so because she it was from a hotel room, she jumped off. She staged a bit of a a, a violent a break relationship. In. She left a note so, blaming it on him as well. Exactly. So, she feared so um, um, she's played by Marion Cotillard, isn't she? Correct. Yeah, who is amazing? Who, oh as God, usual. isn't she? I'd forgot actually. I'd forgotten that she yeah, was in it. And she blew my mind when I rewatched it. I kind of got a crush on her. She's just something doesn't? about her. She's just she's just oh, yeah. She's beautiful. got such a presence. Um, but you're right, Gareth. The association with the uh, with the murder, but he technically is involved with the murder because he knows Inception is possible well, because he incepted the idea that her reality is not real uh, when they were stuck in their dreamscape world, which is the fourth level of dreams. Stick with me. Um, <laughs> So that they, they would kill themselves and accept that and wake up and become uh, back into the normal world. However, that idea stuck with her and it meant that every reality she was in, she felt was a dream. So if she killed herself, they would May wake I up again. May I ask a question, which is of your opinion? Um, so in, in the inverted commas real world, uh, Dominic Cobb is accused of causing his wife's death because of what happened. Mm. Actually, the fact that he incepted that thought into her mind does mean that he is actually responsible for her dying, does it not? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He 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 is responsible. Well, not in, he didn't want to kill her, obviously, but his actions more like have manslaughter. It's accidental manslaughter. Yeah. It's, it's manslaughter. It's not manslaughter. He's, Second degree murder. He's put an idea in her head that has that blossomed into a yeah. Okay. But if Charles Manson did that to someone and they killed themselves, would that be manslaughter? Agreed. I agree. I agree Culty. with Emma here. This is one hundred percent manslaughter. No. I'm, I'm listening no. to a if you if if, if you said to somebody, if you said to somebody, um, oh, you know, you could kill kill yourself using that, 
And then they were like, uh, and then over years they thought about it, and then they were like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I could. That's and then not they inception, did it. though. Well, you ha- you've been, you've, come on, this is this, a similar parallel. Inception doesn't exist in our world in that way. You wouldn't blame that person for their no, death. No, I mean, it, that uh, is slightly different, but when you're no, travelling through dreams I, and people's minds, then it probably is a little no. bit more intense. And when you're playing with people's actual subconscious, like like that one, Gareth, is, is more like a, a verbal cue that you've given someone or an idea. This one is literally like a poison that takes over their brain. No. And they, don't, they have no control it's over like it. It's like slow, let's, long-term let's heavy on. metal poisoning, except with the mind. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um I, I respectfully disagree. But let me turn this around. Emma, what do you think of this, right? I, I really thought about this when I most recently watched Inception, which was yesterday. <laughs> think about, from Cobb's perspective, how much of a tricky situation he must be in mentally where he's seeing these visions of, of his mm. wife his dead wife saying I'm waiting for you you promised me come on kill yourself and come and join me in reality right he's having that battle constantly where he must be thinking am I in reality or not well- and if I kill myself, then maybe I will go and join my wife in reality with my actual kids. So uh, being in, in his scenario, he, he has no grasp on what is reality and what isn't to an extent. You know, he is he's well, almost sort of unpinned from reality well, I just wanna ju- to I a just, level. I just want to jump in. just want to jump in, Em, and continue your thought. He does have a totem. Well, continue. yes, and well, I'm sure we will come back to that at some point. Um, which, which for me, I think I would feel completely undone by that, um, but also unstable because, you know, his his own allegedly his own subconscious at this point, so not actually his wife is is fighting against him, um, which puts him and everybody else in jeopardy. And I and I think that's one of the elements of the film that I hadn't remembered as strongly is how much of a presence and a kind of a force that his wife is. Um, which, mm. which re-watching it was really powerful. Um, I don't know how he handles it. I mean, not particularly well at some points, but uh, yeah, difficult, very difficult. Now, um, just to take it back a step. Um, so Dom is on the run from, or he's, he's exiled from the US. He can't go back at the moment uh, or he'll be arrested. He believes that he has a way back through wealthy businessman um, Saito. Yeah, who's the one who hires him to intercept the idea. Who wants him to incept an idea in a business rival. So he wants him to plant an idea that will take off in a business rival, basically to sell off the company and to break it up. So then Saito's company will will profit from that. Yeah. Um, now, as Len mentioned, inception is a debatable term. It's, it's sort of, it seems like within this world... People aren't sure whether it can be done. But Dom Dominic Cobb does know that it can be done because he's done it to his wife. Mm. Um, now, he he's desperate to get back to the US because his kids are there. His kids are waiting. Mm. And so he, they embark on this, what turns out to be a pretty dangerous mission um, to uh, to incept this it's idea. It's not exactly a joy in, ride, is it? Um, the business rival. No. No, it is not. Um, so to do that, Dom goes and assembles a little crew. Uh, he's got Arthur, played, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. With the help of some of my little friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love a little heist movie. Um, it's a heist movie, essentially, isn't it? Uh, very much is a heist movie. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, And you always have to have a crew with a heist movie and at least three double crosses. <laughs> That's the minimum criteria <laughs> for a heist movie, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he heads off uh, to recruit Eames, who's played by Tom Hardy, um, who is a delightfully British, sort of like faded. You can see him coming from like old money, yeah. don't you reckon? Bit of an old money playboy. Yeah, he has a country. He has an estate somewhere. Yeah, he but it's a, crumbling. It's and crumbling. We call it an like old. He's found. He's the last of a old line. Old country pile. Yeah. yeah, Lord Eames. Old country pile. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yusuf, who's a chemist, um, he's pretty cool. Useless Yusuf. Yeah, go on. <laughs> useless. We'll come to how unuseless he is soon. Um, and he goes and sees uh, Michael Caine, who is his... My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> Very good. We've been practising that. Um, yeah. And Michael Caine is, well, he's his father-in-law as well. 
That is mental, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, M- Mole's dad. Imagine if he was your father-in-law. What, very Michael Caine? F- very cool, isn't it? You're yeah. only meant to blow the <laughs> bloody <laughs> doors off. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Yours isn't as good as mine. I wasn't trying to do the yeah. accent. Nice try. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he goes to see um, his, Michael Caine uh, because he's he's some sort of architect professor. Um, yeah. And professor of mazes, I like to call him. <laughs> professor of mazes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, Michael Caine's like, well, I have got a student who is even better than you Daniel. were. <laughs> and off he goes and gets Ellen Ariadne, Hitch, who is Ariadne. Um, Weird name. I quite like the name Ariadne. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, good now. Um, and she is our exposition vehicle. Yeah. But I think it's done really well. I have I I I personally hate exposition done badly. Yeah, it's one of my one of my biggest uh, qualms in movies and, and TV shows. <laughs> so I love the way that it's done. And she does. She's she's been given an education in dream architecture, dreamscaping. Would dreamscaping, you like a little nugget cool of facts um, here? I would love a nugget of So, do you know who Ariadne was in uh, Greek mythology? Uh, She was the builder of dreams. (laughs) She was the architect within dreams. Well, you're not far off. She was uh, Um, mostly associated with mazes and labyrinths because of her involvement in the myths of the Minotaur and Theseus. Nice. That's an excellent fact. I thought you'd like it. Nugget. Mm. Well done. Um, Thank you for that, Emma. I'm I'm very impressed with that. so she helps she she helps Leonardo DiCaprio explain the plot yeah. um to all of us as an audience yeah. uh, which is wonderful. Anyway, preparation we see a few kind of montages. Oh, it's, it's all montage. It's, it's all montage. Some good montage mate. training. <laughs> some training um and off they go. They've they've work out a way that they're going to have enough time to do this and what they're going to be doing is to make inception work. They have to go deep. Well, they don't actually. The the idea is they're just going to go to the one level. Um, oh, no, they have got three levels. <laughs> Ignore what I'm saying. What? I've seen it 20 times. Are you times. all right, mate? I thought you'd yeah. seen it 100. Yeah, yeah I'm not. fucking it up. <laughs> Continue, Gareth. I won't interrupt again. I was like, no, you fucking idiot. It's it is a complex it... film, but this yeah. isn't the bit <laughs> I thought you'd struggle with. I know. So uh, they d- they've, they've determined that in order for Inception to be a possibility, they need to go deep enough. And... Often within their dream extraction, they will go into a dream and beyond that dream by going into another dream within that dream. Yeah, you've lost me again already. Wow. I'm baffled. But this time, but this time they go dream within a dream within, within a, a dream. dream. And the interesting thing to note about that is um, time works differently on each level. Mm. So it's it's multiplied. So you have far more time per second or whatever every time it's you clever. go down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which beautifully stacks up towards the end of the film when there's a you know they're all trying to synchronize this thing called a kick to wake them up through the levels um it's a beautifully uh, edited and hectic sequence um it is yes um so they're going they they are traveling through uh the subconscious of 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 Who's Killian, subcon- who Killian, are they going through? They're going through Robert's Robert's subconscious to start with. Uh, they go through. Yeah, they must. Yeah, yeah, they do. So played by Killian Murphy, Saito's business rival. Yeah, they go through his subconscious first. Then they go through Eames. Oh no! Then they, then they go through Joseph Gordon Levitt's character. Sorry. Yeah. And then they go through um, Eames. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, they're traveling. That doesn't through... matter. That doesn't. That really doesn't matter. Really. No, they're, they're traveling layers into dreams, and this is this is where people get really tripped up and are like, "What the heck is happening?" Because towards the end of the the action, um, the the there is a sequence that where we have a van falling through the sky off mm. a bridge in very slow motion. In very slow motion. Goes and on for like forty minutes. The point is that <laughs> that van is traveling at is traveling in regular speed in within that dream. Yeah. But the dream below it 
that ten times the speed, or it's ten times more time, or something. Yeah, and the dream below that is like a hundred times more than the van. So it's it it, it stacks up. So, it stacks so they've up. got time. So whenever there's a crisis, which I find very funny in this film, uh, and with the expedition vehicle, they're always just like, "No, if we go down a level, we have more time. Correct. We have this much more time." And then they'll say it every single time they're about to go in, mm. and it just cracks me up. Um, but yeah. Now, they they are tripped up with a little bit of a problem, actually, in the first layer of the dream because Saito gets shot. And that's because the security uh, detail has been trained. His mind has been trained. The businessman's mind has been trained. You can train the mind against mind thieves. Yeah. Uh, and his mind has been trained. And that yeah, surprises Robert Fisher's them. mind has been trained. It surprises them and that fucks everything Isn't up. Isn't it interesting? Because if you die in the dreamscape, you go to dream... Limbo. Limbo, essentially. Well, let's... Emma... Why is this the case? Because they've been saying throughout the movie until this point, if you die, you wake up. Why is it a problem now if they die? Because in this they're one? a level below. If you die in one dream, you wake up. If you dry, if you dry, if you die in the level below that dream, it should wake you up. But it'll wake you up into the other dream, into the other dream. I don't know. Um, actually, now I've ah, confused well, myself. I'm glad I asked you. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason, the problem that they have is that they had to go to Yusuf, this chemist, yeah. who gave a particularly Oh, they're potent sedated. Sleep serum. Serum. I remember. And that means that instead of waking up in the re- in in reality, yeah. if they get killed in this uh yeah. in this in this level, they will actually go into the the depths of the subconscious. Yeah, the dreamscape, essentially, so, where you can create anything but also can lose yourself to madness. So I was talking to Lucy and earlier. time travels even slower there. Yeah. yeah. So I was talking to Lucy earlier, who very sadly can't be here because she's a little under the weather, uh, and she brought up something very interesting. She said um, that, isn't it, isn't it fascinating that in a film about dreams and or infinite imagination... Uh, the biggest threat to the protagonist is still men with guns. Well, that's, I mean, that's too, that's a philosophical point. What you mean? It wasn't like a giant spider or something. <laughs> no, but just like no matter how powerful yeah. you are psychologically or you know inception-wise, you're still your biggest threat is man and firepower. Yeah. I, th- I think it's very interesting and quite a well, philosophical what film pondering you're watching, point. You know, because Nightmare on Elm Street. You got Freddy Krueger, well, and he yeah, doesn't use guns. He uses we're blades. talking about Inception. Why have you brought that up? I just thought it was interesting, and it's quite interesting yeah, to ponder. I'm on. Side with Emma here, we are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if all the dreams are linked, do you not know they live in the same universe? Freddy Krueger and Inception. Yeah, and I'm, Paddington. Bear. I'm going to say that I, th- I think that, that is an interesting point. That is an interesting point that I hadn't considered. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah considered thought lucy who isn't here today yeah. unfortunately so, um so they're in a they're in a tricky bind because saito's been shot and he's dying and that means that he's going to go all the way down to the subconscious now the problem with that is time travels even slower there you can live a lifetime so he could live an entire lifetime in like an hour in the time that this flight is going to take yeah and before he actually wakes up in reality so think about how mad that would How drive maddening me. that would drive you. If you think you've lived an entire life and then you wake up and go, oh my God, bonus. no, I've just been dreaming for, Absol- for 10 bonus. years. Absolute bonus. <laughs> well, it reminds me of um, Rick, Rick and Morty, Morty when they go to <laughs> Blips and Chips and they have the Roy game. Roy. And, 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 and Rick's like, hey, hey Morty, just try this game, try this game. And he puts a little headset on and he wakes up as this kid in a room. And it goes through this little montage of this guy called Roy just living his life. <laughs> Lives an entire life. And he survives, like, cancer. And then he, he's just putting up some carpet, carpet. And then he falls off and breaks his hip and dies. And it goes, game over. And then they take the headset off Morty. And he's like, what's going on? Where am I? And then Rick's like, oh, Morty, what are you doing? You survived cancer and went back to work at the carpet store. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm Morty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's 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 what it would yeah. be like for Saito, where he he ends up. So again, jumping forward a little bit, he does die from his bullet wound. Yeah, and so he ends up in the depths of the subconscious, and he ends up living forty, fifty years down there. He's an old, old man, and uh, Leo ends up deciding that he's going to have to go and get him from there because. 
he's reliant on Saito having the the wherewithal yeah. to to wake up from this dream and make a phone call to get him through customs. Yeah. Now, because when they land, this this is happening on a flight. When they land in the US, Cobb is either getting arrested or he's being allowed back in the country correct. to see his kids. Yeah. Um, which is excellently told as a as a, an emotional story for him because. Throughout the film, we see these glimpses of the kids, but we can never see their faces. Mm. And that is the telling part that he can't remember their faces. Um, so it, later on, when you do see their faces, it's a, actually a moment of oh. serenity um, for him and for the audience. I think when you see their faces, that is that is tear-inducing. Mm. Um, so uh, essentially, they are... They are successful with their inception. It's a complex yeah. beast, but Somehow, they are successful with, with lots of exposition and multiple layers, four layers of dreaming. Congratulations! Yeah. Uh, they Jim. are able to, yeah, they they are able to show Killian Murphy, yeah. Robert Fisher, the pinwheel uh, inside the safe, which mm-hmm. is a childhood memory of his father. Uh, basically, Robert Fisher and his father didn't get on very well. Um, the last words that were said to uh, Fisher are disappointing, mm. um, making uh, him believe that his father hated him and he's disappointed in him. And the idea that they incepted is that, no, actually, he's disappointed that you try. he tried to be him and didn't try to be his own man. Yeah. And the pinwheel symbolises a time when they were father and son at a very, and he was very young and they loved each other. Mm. Um, and that is the idea that really takes hold within Fisher's mind. Ian Murphy's very good, so. actually. And I'd forgotten how, uh, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, he draws you in quite well. I, th- I think he does very, very well in, oh. this, in this film. Yeah. He's a... Uh, he's quality. <coughs> he's a... He's a He's got a very, he's got captivating That's face yeah. as well. There's something about him. He's obviously a very good looking guy, but he's also like a weird looking guy. Yeah. yeah. Weird good looking guy. Weird you know? good looking. Um, yeah, I... I sort of fancy. A bit him. like our man Joaquin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, More on him later. <laughs> um, all right. So the inception is successful. Saito is rescued from the subconscious, um, and <laughs> he, as they all wake up on this plane, um, I should have mentioned at the start that this inception's taking place on a plane, <laughs> yeah, a flight from hopefully, Sydney to hopefully LA. Hopefully, people understand. Or LA that, yeah, to Sydney, yeah, yeah. and um, oh yeah, Sydney to LA. So they um, they are all waking up from these dreams within dreams within dreams, waking up to reality. Saito is like slumped over on the side. He looks like he's properly sleeping, which yeah. he is. Makes sense. And deep sleep. He wakes up from his what would have felt like fifty years. 50 years of time and luckily remembers and gets it gets his act together and goes oh shit yeah I've got to make this phone call to get Dominic Cobb through somehow remembers the phone number that he's got him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got, the, got call. the president on speed um, yeah um, and makes the phone call Dom gets through uh, gets through customs he gets to go home he gets to see his kids mm. and their faces turn. And this is the first time that we see their faces. And it's Paddington mm. Bear. And the yeah. emotional hit is huge. And the music Stop. is incredible. It sort of stops at that point briefly when they turn. And then it kicks it, in again. Light piano music at that moment. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And Dominic Cobb decides at that point to spin his spinning top, which is his totem. Yeah, this is, a, this is a, what, what, what yeah. are totems, Len? The totem is uh, your artifact that it, you can use within a dream to tell you that you were in a dream. And it can also tell you if you're in reality. Can you explain, uh, Len, An example how? of this. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, an example of this. So this, the, one, the one used is a spinning top here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the spinning top is spun and never falls over, uh, you're in a dream. Yeah. If it falls over, you're in reality. Yeah. There are other ones which are like dice, which only roll a certain way and stuff like that. Everyone has their own little totem that does something. Um, uh, question for everyone now. Yeah. What would your totem be? I've thought about this a mm. lot. Um, and I still don't know what the answer is. I think mine would have to be now. Yeah. My wedding ring. Oh uh, yeah. What would it do? You just spin it again. You're just copying. 
nothing interesting going I'd on. Go. What I'd do is I would um, f- see if it fits on any of my other fingers. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mine would be a poker ball that is a rubber ball that would just bounce forever. Oh, bouncy ball is a good one. Yeah, bouncy ball is a like really that? good one because like I, I, I like bouncy balls as yeah. well. So, so it just bounce. Constantly at the same height as well. That'd be fucking weird to look at. What about you, Emma? Slinky. Mini slinky. And it would just keep rolling slinky, over and over slinky. if you weren't in reality. But otherwise, it would just be like a shit slinky if you <laughs> were. Mean, yeah, because in reality, they don't no, roll over they're at useless. all. they're yeah. useless. So there you go. It would work in dreams. Yeah. And therefore, yeah, I'd like know. It's Ventura when nature calls. Like, <laughs> oh, go. Oh, no. But one, of those, Can you believe but one of those mini slinkies that's not massive, so it would go in your pocket. I'm a linky, if you will. A minky. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um... Yeah. So, back to this moment, the ending of Inception. Dom spins the spinning top to see if he's in reality or not. And then, crucially, he walks away. Yeah. He walks away from the spinning top yeah. and goes to see his kids and embrace his kids. Yeah. What happens next, Emma? Well, I haven't got a fucking clue. Um, but I, I kind of, and I know this sounds a bit fucked up... <laughs> You're doing your Michael Caine impression again. <laughs> I got, I ain't got, a I got fucking, fucking clue. Um, I know this sounds a bit fucked up, but I kind of don't want it to stop spinning because I do kind of believe that he's not back in reality. Okay. Um. How about this, Emma? No. How about this, Gareth? Oh, let Gareth right, go, go first. Um. No, I just no, wanted no, to, I'll, I'll... I wanted to say something <laughs> about how that ending made me feel when I first watched it. Sure, you tell me that. Um, it It's up there with the best ending of all time to a film I've ever seen. I agree. Because it did something that, yeah, cliffhangers have been done before in films and there's always been lingering doubts maybe with what happens after the, the curtain comes down. Hmm. But this one just didn't come out of nowhere, but it felt like it came out of nowhere. And it's so revolutionary for the cinema industry, I think, that ending, yep. that it will always be remembered and it will stand the test of time. With the score by Hans Zimmer and just the beauty oh, of that Zimmer? moment of him seeing his kids and then the, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then the camera just panning down to the totem that's spinning and then wavering a little bit, maybe. And I, I think it's, I think, <clears throat> look, let's, let's put this straight. It does start wobbling. wobbling. And then the camera cuts yeah. before it falls over. So maybe it recovers. We don't yeah. know. But it does start wobbling. Oh, yeah. Suggesting uh, yeah. reality. A... I just remember the noise in the cinema yeah. the first time I saw it. I just remember the, the the audible. I mean, this is a similar thing to Avengers Infinity War. Um, I remember, I saw that with you, Emma. I remember very vividly the noises that were yes. happening. Mm. Uh, and I do like a bit of a reaction in the cinema. Like, <clears throat> not over the top, but I know sometimes in the cinema in America, it goes mental. Yeah. And I've seen the Star Wars film come out there and everyone goes insane. And that's great. It's a bit more subdued in the UK. So when you do hear noises, you know it means yeah. something, mm. uh, like, big. And I remember just the audible gasp in the cinema, packed cinema, on opening night of that yeah. film. Blew my socks off. It was like, <gasps> like you imagine like 300 people doing it that. It was almost heart stopping then, there, wasn't it? And then there was this it? murmur after it. There's just this murmur of everyone going, oh, and then it, <laughs> and then it says directed by Christopher Nolan. It's yeah. just like, fuck. Um, and, so, yeah, it was, it was mental. And um, the question that everybody has after, after the first time they've watched it, understandably, is, <clears throat> well, is that reality or is he still dreaming? Right? That's the question that everybody has. Yeah. The answer to that question is, it does not matter. It doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to anybody. But what I think... Because... Well, it doesn't matter to him. Well, it's great because there's a difference between a cliffhanger and leaving an ending entirely open to audience interpretation. And leaving it open to interpretation makes it so much cleverer than a cliffhanger where someone might or might not have died. Um, And you're right, guys, it doesn't matter. I don't actually care. I think it's just so clever... No. That it doesn't matter. This is it. This is the the point is, the point is, he has accepted this as his reality. This is now reality to him. Yeah. So whether that spinning top falls over or not is not, is of no consequence to him. Mm. He has accepted, he's got his kids there, they've turned, he's looked at them in the face. Yeah, he's finally seen his kids. Again. And that's a big deal. And he's gone, this this is where I want to be. This is my reality now. And this is foreshadowed in the movie. 
If you remember when they're recruiting Yusuf, he takes them to like what seems like an opium den yeah. of uh, all the people addicts, down there. addicts yeah. to, to, to dreams, to shared dreaming. And there's the old guy that's kind of watching over them as they're dreaming and he's like they say what what's happening like what are they doing down here and he says um i think i think the, the line before is uh is is uh, so what they they come here to dream and he says no they come here to be woken up Which the dream pretty- has become their reality mm. and that is the most crucial line in the entire movie oh i hate that is scene that, i love yeah. it is that they have accepted this as their reality and it doesn't matter. You cannot tell somebody that that's not mm. what reality is yeah. to them. Yeah, uh, it, it just means that he has been searching for his kids. He's finally let go of Mile and he's finally uh, seen his kids. And, and I think as long as he's happy, we should be happy for him. But there is that lingering doubt of us questioning the reality. And I think that's the important thing about it because, yeah... We're not him. We want him to be happy, but we question the reality. Mm. Like, well, I just want him to be. Do you ever question your reality? Constantly. You know, people question their reality all the time. You know, um, are we in the Matrix? Who the fuck knows? You know, what's mm. going on? Um, are we in Emma Phillips' dream? Oh, Christ, are don't we do that. Just in Michael Corsi's head. Are we just in Michael Corsi's head right now? Could be. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, amazing ending and revolutionary. And I don't think I've. Other than Infinity War, had a film end where I've just been like, you know, mm. fuck. Interstellar had the moments building up to the ending where it's a Nolan film again, but I was like, oh my god, um, and then it just fell off the cliff a little bit. But Prestige also has an amazing I ending love the Prestige. where you watch the Prestige and the way that it just ends again is 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 beautiful and Nolan is very good at this. He's very good at and this. You Maybe were right. Stephen King should employ Nolan yes. in some of his books. Stephen King should say Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan, do you want to just like finish off some of my books? <laughs> Um, but, Sorry, Emma, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you try reading some of them before you start slagging them off. Uh, no, I was going to say um, <laughs> that Len was right earlier when he said no, that read. The Prestige was not nominated uh, for an Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah. So you were correct. Well, there you go. Yeah. Thank you, research well, team. Well, yeah, I mean, it should have been as well. It's an mm. amazing film. So, wow. All right. And I suppose the ending of the film is an apt place for us to end this podcast. <sighs> yeah. Um, unless anybody has anything additional to add. Uh, just to say the music yeah. is incredible yeah. throughout the uh, film. And if there is a parting thought... Uh, it's relentless that 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 music and uh, but, okay so the song is what's the song je ne regret rien je, je ne regret rien or whatever and that's the key um, piece of music that they use to wake up essentially that's their cue yeah. to initiate their wake up so you know the whole Hans Zimmer score he took that song slowed it down at different points mm. broke it down mm. and created the whole score from that one from song from bars within that song how mental is that and just to say that's why it feels like a constant dream and all this sort of stuff because the music is one of the only films I can remember where the music is actually relentless for the, throughout mm. the whole film there are very few moments of quiet and peace mm. and tranquility and that is a skill in its, itself because it's all this giant orchestral thing that builds to this crescendo and then like you say Gareth at the end you have the time track and you have the slow piano when the kids turn around their faces. Yeah, That is all building up to that one moment. And you watch the whole film, and I implore the listeners to watch the film again, constantly, even during the montages, everything when they're doing their training, going through the dream <laughs> levels, it just constantly builds, thought- and then it's like a wave that cra- crashes on the shores of the dreamscape, and then it will come back again. And every time the wave gets bigger and bigger until it subsides and you see the kids' faces and the totem is left I thought you meant I implore everybody to watch Inception constantly (laughs) yeah watch Inception constantly (laughs) it's a perfect marrying of uh, picture and music and uh, Hans Zimmer has spoken about it a lot and uh, obviously he's the best composer there is out there so uh, that's my parting thought watch it again focus on the music and the soundtrack and uh, that song the music is absolutely stunning yes I think you've uh, you've done that justice Alexander, well done. Mm. Um, and I think, I hope that uh, our uh, our podcast was is followable enough. 
You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a tricky film to, to I, describe because... I'm going to tell you right now, mm. it, we were all over the place in that plot, but that's because the film's all over the place. Don't judge us, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, how are you going to write that down in a paragraph? You can't. <laughs> but it's a beautiful, complex movie, and we are beautiful, complex people. Mm. Um, I will sign off by thanking... Uh, my guests here Alex thank you very much mate no worries I'm, I'm always keen to talk about something I am very passionate about indeed and Emma Phillips over in London thank you for joining us thank you Gareth and I've been your host Gareth and uh, with that I will leave you to your own dreams or is it reality <laughs> <laughs> bye bye goodbye Ha, 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 ha.